Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. From our prayer meeting Wednesday morning, one of our ladies went to a local store to purchase some things, and in that store they were handing out tarot cards to the, all their patrons, of which she was then moved to uh, challenge that in a loving way. <laughs> and said, you ought to read Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. Well, I'm going to start right now because we've had some experiences right now. This month, I was walking through Walmart yesterday, and all the ghoulish stuff that's happened, they're selling this stuff. They're making billions of dollars on all this craziness. So let's stand together. I want to pray right now. I just feel compelled to pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to draw some bloodlines around your families. Everyone, please stand in the name of Jesus. Let's take a stand at this moment. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that this is, let me read this scripture to you first. This is a warning, Deuteronomy 18.10, it's a call to holy living. When you enter, why am I shut off here? Am I on? No, there we go. When you enter the land that the Lord is giving you, be careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations that live there. For example, these are examples. Never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. That's the spirit of Molech, which has been now incorporated as a purpose or a choice. It's called abortion. It's called murder of children. So don't practice that. In fact, if you do not let your people, this is speaking to leaders, do not let your people practice fortune-telling, use sorcery, interpret omens, engage in witchcraft, cast spells, function as mediums or psychics, or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Does it get any clearer than that? He says, the nations that you have displaced consult with sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids that you would do such things. Lord, I pray right now, if we've dabbled in any of this stuff, in the past, I often hear people tell me, hey, I was in tarot cards, I was with mediums, I was with psychics, I pursued this stuff, I did Ouija boards. Lord, we just repent of that right now in the name of Jesus. God, anything that we did out of ignorance or out of some choice of rebellion, we say no. Any generational things that have happened where the family has come back down through the lines of darkness and sorcery or witchcraft, in Jesus' name, Lord, we repent as a people. Because you said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I would hear from heaven and then I would heal the land. And so, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, every family member that is in concert with that prayer of forgiveness and repentance, we now have access in Romans, in uh, Revelation chapter 12. It says we have now overcome. There was a war in heaven, but we have now overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. God, we thank you. We know we're at a war, but we now declare war on the enemy. And any place, I now plead the blood of Jesus over every family, every bloodline that's represented here. In the name of Jesus, and I bind the spirits of witchcraft, hatred, violence, murder, anger, resentments, all that immorality, perversion, all the confusion, the deception, and the chaos. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you would cut that free. You said that no weapon, Isaiah 54, 17, you said no weapon 
formed against us would prosper. Any tongue which has risen against us in judgment, we now condemn that tongue. God, you are able to undo, outdo, and overdo every scheme, plan, and tactic of the enemy. That bloodline covers us now. We put the enemy on notice. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you have no authority. In fact, in gospel, Jesus wrote in Luke chapter 10, I have given you full power and authority over every place of the enemy. You can walk among the snakes and scorpions and you will crush them. Romans 16 says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet in the name of Jesus. So God, we put on our boots right now and these boots are made for walking in the name of Jesus and we're going to crush the enemy's plan. We are not afraid. Perfect love has expelled all fear in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, he came to destroy the works of the darkness. Then he went on in John 14, he said, and greater works shall you do because I go to my Father in the name of Jesus. Release the greater works, God. We are not ashamed of the gospel. It is life unto power in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, you can have a seat. I feel better. I feel good. Thank you. There was a heaviness here. Lord, in the name of Jesus. All right, turn with me to Mark chapter 8. This is not in your handout, but pull out your handout. You will need it. Mark chapter 8. I want to ask you a question. This is a very interesting statement that Jesus made to the disciples. As he was actually very discouraged at this point of what he had witnessed. People that were seeking after a sign, all they really wanted was what they could get from him to validate authority. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus had just fed the 4,000. Prior to this, he had fed 5,000 men. He says in, in Mark 8, chapter 1, I'm going to bounce between New Living Translation and, and uh, the King James Version, but let me start. In verse 1, it says, there was a large crowd and the people had come. They spent three days in the wilderness with Jesus preaching. Can you imagine? That must have been quite a conference, <laughs> right? Woo-hoo! Healing, I mean, there's miracles. In fact, the word is out. And 4,000 people show up in the countryside and they run out of food. And so part of this message today is stop thinking in the natural and start thinking in the supernatural, okay? Right? And so he, he goes on and he says, they don't have any food. Now immediately the disciples, look what they, this is how they start thinking natural. In the verse 4 it says, his disciples replied, how are we supposed to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked him, do you have any bread? What do you have? We got seven loaves this time, right? Jesus said, well, have them all sit down. He brings, they also had some fish. He says they fed all of them, verse 8. They all get fed, and they get back in the boat. So can you imagine this? He feeds them all off. The conference is over, and he sends them on the way. They go back to their villages and talk about all the goodness of God, right? We sang of the goodness of God. And the disciples, they're still, they're still kind of trying to get it, but they're not. They get in the boat, they cross over to this region. In verse 11, as soon as he gets off the boat, the Pharisees hear that Jesus had arrived. They came out and they started to argue with him, testing him, demanded that he show them miraculous signs to prove 
his authority. When Jesus heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit. Can you imagine this going, oh. He says this, these people, they keep demanding miraculous signs. How much demand do we put on God instead of resting? When are you going to do this for me? When are you going to do this? Here's my list. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? You s- he sighs. He says, they keep asking for signs. I tell you the truth. I'm not giving this generation any such sign. He got back in the boat and he crossed to the other side. He gets so exasperated with the Pharisees, gets in the boat, gives them nothing. He just left a conference where he fed five, 4,000 of them, miraculously supervised, provides the food, does all the miraculous. It's almost like what he said in Mark chapter 6. He, he goes to his own village and it says, it's not that he didn't, he couldn't do miracles there. They didn't honor him. Here it is again. If you dishonor the Lord, dishonor what he does, he is not going to show up. But here's the statement that just really hit me yesterday. He gets in this, in verse 14, he says, The disciples had forgotten to bring any food, and the only loaf of bread they had with them while they're in the boat now, crossing the lake, Jesus warned them. So he's still meditating on what just happened. He makes this statement. Watch out. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now, they're all wrapped around bread in the natural. He just fed 4,000 multiplied bread. He gets back in the boat, and he's thinking about Jesus is trying to communicate to them. When he says, watch out, take heed, be careful, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now, I looked up the definition. You, You bakers know this better than me, right? When you take a little bit of leaven and you put it in the loaf, and then you bake it, it ferments, and the thing rises, it gets big, right? Here's the definition also of leaven. It says, it's an element that produces an altering or transforming influence. So he says, be careful of the transforming influence that will be entered by both the pharisaical religious system and beware and take heed of the system that will come out of the political system of Herod. He warns them. He says, I'm telling you right now, when he says watch out, take heed, he is so impacted by what they had just done. He did miracles to those who were humble. But they come and they demand, they don't express their belief in his authority. And he says, watch out. This religious system... And this political system will bring a leaven that will come in and will cause much to rise and become an influence. And man, we are living in that system control right now in such a way I've never seen it in all the days of my reviewing politics and everything we're in right now. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The religious, we have whole denominations that are going off a cliff right now. I don't know if you watch any of this or you track, but when you look at what they're doing and you have pastors standing in there, pastors for abortion, what scripture are you reading, right? Or those that says, choice, choice. 
whole denomination splitting right now as a result of this. You have the conservative denominations that are reading the book and they're saying, we're not, de- we're not going there. And now they're splitting and demarking. I've done prayer ministries on pastors who have come here from other denominations. I'm not going to call it out right now. But they've come and they've lost their pensions. They've, lo- they, they've confiscated the land that was part of their um, churches that were at because you're not aligning with the doctrine of the religious system. Therefore, you and your congregation have voted to stay with the Scriptures. Therefore, you lose everything. This person came angry, had a needed healing, lost everything. Forty years in the ministry, lost everything. But guess what? God will take care of that. And this person got miraculously touched in Jesus' name. That political system today, when you look at what they're doing, look, I looked up some statistics and wonder what's going on. I, I just so burdened for my grandchildren. Since 1962 and 63, Bible was taken out of the, out of the schools and we took prayer out of the schools. Uh, you can go online, look this up, look at the statistics of the failures of the school system since 1962. I used to get in trouble for chewing gum in school or throwing a spitball. I remember going to detention for a spitball in my big pen. Today we got to worry about AR-15s and we're doing high drills right in the school because you got to, this is nuts. But we look at that and wonder what God said in Galatians 6, 7, God will not be mocked. What a man sows, he also shall reap, right? So we look at this, we look at the, now what the politicians want to do is well, let's legalize more and more dope. There's a reason they call it dope, right? And so they, they want to legalize more of it. Why? Most of it's built upon profit, right? They're bringing in taxes. If you, we've got family living in Denver and in, in, in Colorado. You look at what's going on there. But then they're looking at also what's now statistically happening to the people that are taking and moving there in that place. So the answer to a lot of this is, well, why don't we just give clean needles, why don't we give free condoms? Why don't we educate the children in the school system about identity, false identity, fluidity? Crazy. It's crazy. It's time. Look, this message is you all and I need to stand up. This, right now there's a, there's a court case going on right now that they want to make that whole thing on homosexuality, if you stand against that, even in a religious spirit, where in a religious system where I'm now preaching the gospel, right? Thank God Trump has given us some freedom in this arena. They want to now make it so that we must make that a civil right to the point where if you challenge that from your religious beliefs, you are a bigot and you can be arrested if they get this path for a hate crime. Come on, we need to wake up. It's time for the church not to be silent about these things anymore. I don't know if you saw the, the, the debates the other night. The Democratic debates, it was, all right, let me, I'll leave my opinion there. But in the commercial, in the commercial associated with that, there was an, the Association of Atheists and Agnostics. A guy named Reagan got on. hope he's not related to the other Reagan. I don't know if he is. But he got on, he says, We're part of this. We would like you to join our society. We want no influence of religion in any of the politics or system because the founders of our nation separated church from state. That is an absolute lie. It is a lie. Go back and read it. 
right? Go read the Constitution. Read the, how many of those people were pastors who put their lives on the line during that time? Why do you think the Bible was part of the foundation of our teaching and training in schools? When you look at this, our taxes are now being used. Thank God this president came in. He did away with the Mexican agreement. We were paying in other nations to abort children. He canceled that. So listen, it's time for us to wake up. This idea that this religious system and the political system, which is now releasing 11, dumbing down sin to the point where we have to think, well, I guess that's okay. It's time for us to wake up and take a stand. You are not a bigot. You're not a homophobe. You're not guilty of hate crime when you tell someone the truth. When you tell them the truth that this is the way it is. And that is a particular sin. It's no different than other sin. If you're an adulterer, you're greedy. You don't want to give any funds or anything to the Lord. You talk about greed. You want to hold. Sin is sin. We preach that that is sin, and it is not unkind or hateful to tell someone the truth that on the day that they stand before God, you will give an account for everything that was written in this book and what you did with Jesus and what you believed with Jesus. You want to hate me for that? You want to jail me for that? Go ahead. But that's the truth. And so we have to stand up as a church. We have to stand up. We have to vote. If you're not registered to vote, you need to get registered to vote. When we get closer, I'm going to present both platforms, both the RNC and the DNC. And if there's an independent one, I'll do that as well. We'll present both sides of it. But I'm going to make it so that you understand this is what this platform says, this is what this platform says. How you choose to vote and put that person in power, how, em- how you embolden the religious system or the political system will be on your head. This is not a time we can just, well, I'd like to ignore that stuff and think of all the fluffy stuff. No, we're in a war right now. When you are in a war, you think differently. Those who have been in war zones or been in a place, you know what I'm talking about. And so let's turn to your outline. I want us to understand that we're going to stand in fearless love and hold our ground. I had some amazing thing happen to me while I was in Voice of the Apostles this couple weeks back that I'm going to share this morning because I think it has relevance to where we are and what the church is being direction towards. In fearless love, stand your ground. Look at that top paragraph. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, stand. Ron sent this out, Ron Bircham. I liked it. It's in the message this week, Message Bible. This is Ephesians 6.10 in the Message Bible. Listen to this. A fight to the finish. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and He wants you strong. Take everything the Master has set out for you 
well-made weapons of the best materials. Put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. There's no afternoon athletic contest that we walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. Life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so then when it's all over, but for the shouting, you will still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than just words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. Could ask you, how's your war going? How is, you, how is your war going? How is your war going right now? It's the individual soul fight. How's the soul fight going right now? Jesus said, if you gain the whole world, what does it profit you if you lose your soul? So there's a soul war going on for your individual soul. That's why when we get, when we get home at night, it's like we're off the battlefield, we think, right? That may be the most dangerous place. Hello, am I speaking to somebody? It certainly was for David. David's supposed to go to war when the kings go to war in the spring. In fact, he sent the army out. He stayed behind, and he watched Bathsheba take a bath. He lost the battle with his eyes, and then he lost the battle of his heart. Come on. There's a battle over the soul. There's a battle that goes on. We are in a war. You never can relax from that. You need to understand where you are. Then there's a battle for your family. How's your family doing? What's it doing? What's the battle for the family? And your church, and your community, and your business, and your state, and the nation, and the nations. How's the battle for Nepal going? How's the battle for Mozambique going? These are things, these are not easy words, but we have to step back and say, wait, we're in a war. We are in a war. In fact, the devil's taken his stand. You there, Revelation 12? That's a familiar scripture. I prayed it before, right? It says that we know that the, the dragon and, the, and there was a war in heaven, verse 8. He was forced out of heaven. He took a third of the angels with him. Then it says, at last salvation has come, the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, and the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. The one who accused them day and night, he's been defeated by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. So much love. Then it goes on. But terror now has come in the earth. Now drop down. Look at verse 17. And the dragon, King James says, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. New Living says it this way, verse 17. Dragon was angry at the woman, declared war against the rest of her children, 
all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Verse 18, then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. See, the devil's taking his stand. That's why Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, take your stand. Stand. And so there's a place where, where are you standing? The devil now has made war with the remnant. I, I love that word remnant. I looked it up. The ones who keep their testimony in Christ and keep the commandments. See, there's a lot of Christians that have a lot of lofty words, but their lifestyle and their practices, the devil's not worried about them. They're already off the ranch, right? They will sow and get consequences to that, may not even get in the kingdom. But these are the remnant ones that says, no, they've maintained their testimony. They keep the commandments. That's the one the enemy's warring against. He says, all who keep the commandments. I love what he said in number two there. He says, Psalm 18 and Psalm 144, he says, the Lord trains my hands for war. An interesting statement. But I just want to be peaceful. I just want to love everybody. Yes, we're, we're commanded to love everybody. But guess what? In a war zone, there's, there's two weapons. And I love this because we tend to focus on both. The war plan, number three there, one, you need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to seek the strategy of the Lord. You need to obey the specific directions and the timing of the Lord. I'll give you some, I just, I mean, this is just a handful. I went through. There are two, what I believe, major weapons. Sometimes they go together. Sometimes they're separate. Worship, we love that song that we sing, right? Worship is my warfare, Right? Worship is one, and we're going to give examples of that. The other is the sword, right? When, um, when someone is using an AR to kill children, I'm not going to worship. Hello? There'll be a time for that. I want somebody, I want a good guy with a gun to come and stop that, right? Well, Pastor, we're just going to worship. Hello? Right? There's a, there's, a, there's a level of authority. There's a time for everything. That's in Ecclesiastes 3, right? So look at this. There's a different examples here. I just picked a few. The battle plan in Scripture of worship or the sword. Jehoshaphat, we're going to probably look at that one in a minute, in Second Chronicles 20. Remember, they're overcome. And Gideon, how about Gideon? Remember, Gideon has his army of thousands because now nah, you got too many. You'll think you did it. Send him home, gets it down. The ones who lap the water this way, gets it down to 300. He goes, okay, great. Here's the war plan. Go take a jug and a torch. Split your team up 100, 100, 100. Go where the enemy is. Go down there. And when I tell you, shout, blow the horn, and pull out your torch. That's a great war plan. But it worked because it was God's plan. <laughs> right? Remember Joshua. Joshua comes. The first battle is against Jericho, the, the fortified city. What does he do? March. The Lord gives him a strategy. March around this way. Don't say anything. Seven times around. And then the last one, blow the horns. They have now shown archaeologically that those walls did not fall this way. They, the war, the, it opened up and they swallowed the walls. Isn't that crazy? And so can you imagine Rahab with her string out the front? Where the walls go near. It's like an elevator. And they arrive there and say, I'm Rahab, right? I'm the woman of ill repute, but I helped out. And, and guess what? She's in the lineage of Jesus, which is kind of interesting. 
She was forgetting her past. Okay, moving right along. King Saul. How did Jesus defeat Saul? I know he was killed by a sword by the enemy, but David had opportunity at least twice. Remember in the cave, he could have killed Saul. Another time, one of his mighty men said, let me run him through. He's asleep. No. How can I touch the Lord's anointing? That's a form of worship. God, I worship you. You handle this mess. You didn't tell me to kill Saul. But can you see, many would justify, David would have been justified to take out his enemy. He tried to kill him multiple times, Saul. But he didn't. I want you to see this. Hearing it is, we've got to hear the Lord on this. David destroys the Amalekites and the Philistines by the sword. How about Paul and Silas? After the riots, they're in jail. How did they get free? They sang, right? So, Lord, when do I worship my way out into this battle? Or when do I stand up and fight? Do we pray against the courts and the religious system by worship? Or do we go and do we take lawsuits? Do we stand in that place at this far and no more? Do you go to the school board? Do you, what do you do? When they told me I couldn't go and pray in Jesus' name at the city council a few years ago, I, call, I wrote a letter to the city council. says, I'm coming anyway. You do. You're going to get arrested. I said, okay. So I called ACLJ, Jay Sekulow, his guys. I said, will you defend me if I get arrested? Don't do that one. We got a better case that we're going to go defend in North Carolina. And they did, and they won that case, all right? What, so when, how, what's the strategy, what's the timing, when do we do this? Hearing God for the battle plan. Well, let's turn, because this is important, let's turn to Second Chronicles 20. Now we're into how to. This is the practical side of, Pastor, what do I do? When I'm fighting in my battles, what is the approach that we can learn from Scripture as to how to hear God for this? Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Let me quickly, we've got a few more minutes. Let me quickly, they're surrounded by warring nations. They've declared war, verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 1 of chapter 220 Chronicles, Second Chronicles 20, verse 1. The armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Menuhites, Right, all these termites were coming. And right, so we got Jehoshaphat surrounded. Messengers came, and a vast army from Edom marching against you from beyond the sea. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news because he knows he's going to lose his head, right? What does he do? Look at verse 3. Begs the Lord for guidance. He orders all of Judah begin to fast. We've been picking a day a month to fast. 30th of this month is our fast day against witchcraft and new age, if you want to join us for 24 hours. Fast. He's afraid. He goes to the Lord, begs the Lord for guidance, prays and fasts. So the people of the towns came to Jerusalem seeking the Lord's help. I love that. There's a prayer meeting they announce. You know, it's not easy to get into Jerusalem from some of those places, and they come with all their families. There's a sacrifice to this. They come, and what does he do? They pray to the Lord, the God of heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms. They declare your power and your might, our God. You drive out those who have lived in this land even before we arrived. Verse 9, whenever we have faced any calamity of war, plague, or famine, we came to stand in your presence before the temple where your name is honored. See, they came to the house. 
And they cried out, save us, hear us, rescue us. We are powerless against you, verse 12, against this enemy in the army. We don't know what to do. That's humble. Verse 13, the men of Judah Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. See, this is a family affair. There's something that happens in corporate worship that you can't get in your own worship at home. It's different. Corporate worship comes. We experienced that this morning, right? There's something about corporate worship with the little ones among us, families and wives. God, we need help, right? That's what Jehoshaphat did in a life or death situation. And I love it. They're standing there, and the Lord comes prophetically. Jehaziel, right? Verse 14. Standing there, a man named Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of, wow, there's all these sons and daughters, wow. Verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up. He even tells them how they're coming. Up the ascent of, of the Z's, the valley, at the end of the valley, which opens up into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even have to fight. Take your positions. Stand still, and you watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. King Jehoshaphat bowed down low his face to the ground. All the people of Judah came and worshipped the Lord. The Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood and praised God. They had a prayer meeting. They had a worship time with a very large shout, very loud shout. Early the next morning, they rose to the wilderness. The Lord your God will be able to stand firm. Believe in the prophets. I love that. Believe in the prophets and you will succeed. Verse 20. After that, 21, after consulting with the people, the king appointed the singers. How'd you like to be on this worship team, Mark? You're out front, buddy. You got the guitar. We'll be back here praying for you. (laughs) And Mark would say, Amen. (laughs) Get up and it says, Give thanks to the Lord. Start singing. A holy splendor. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, as they began to sing and give praises to the Lord, he caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting each other. The armies fought against each other, attacking one another. When they arrived, the army of Judah looked out, saw in the wilderness dead bodies lying everywhere, every as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out and gathered the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment and clothing. It took them three days to collect all the stuff. Overjoyed with the Lord had given them victory. Verse 29, when the surrounding, here's the consequences. When the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Wow. So do do you see it? Do you see it? I want you to see it. Verse number five there. They heard the Lord for the battle plan. The threat was real. What we're facing right now is real. Lord, we need a battle plan. We need to corporately fast. We need to cry out to the God. 
We need our families to stand with us together. We need to listen for prophetic direction, and we need to worship in the midst of it. So let me ask this question. Where's your ground? Where's your stand? Second Timothy there, number 6, it says, soldier on. Philippians 4.1, he says, stand fast in the Lord. Stay true to the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Peter 5. You guys okay? All right. We're going to, we'll land it. I just want to get to this prophetic word in a minute. Get to Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Amazing scripture. This is written shortly before Peter goes to be martyred. And he's laying out some ground rules. He says in number First uh, Peter 5, let's begin in 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and your cares to God. He cares about you. Stay alert. Verse 8, stay alert. King James says it this way. Be sober. Hello? Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in faith. New Living says it this way. Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember, Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through similar suffering. He goes on to say, I will strengthen you. We see that. So I ask you, where's your ground? Where are you taking a stand? Turn over. I want you to, this was very surprising to me and has probably more revelation to me maybe than some of you, but I went to the network meeting. We had, I think, 11 or 12 of us there. Ken had just gotten released from Mozambique prison and met us there. It was great. And Randy, we did an impartation at the network meeting, people that are part of the ordination, uh, under the ordination of Global Awakening. But then he also did, I got an impartation there, but then he did a, I think there were three or 4,000, and he took the afternoon, and usually he does it later in the week, but this time he said, we're going to do an impartation for the whole crowd. And this is how this went, and I know it was a God thing. Jason sitting in the back, wave to me, Jason. This couple who's sitting on the front row, they have seats, and Randy's like here, Heidi's there, Leif Etlin's there, they're all... And we're in the very back because music's loud sometimes. I get in the back and I don't need to be up front. And this couple comes back and says, is there anybody sitting here in these seats to Jason? And he says, uh, no, they're not here right now. This is Pastor Willie Nilsa's thing. He goes, good, we want to sit here because it's really dangerous up front <laughs> during impartation. And so he goes, and then they turned to Jason and said, but if you want to get the seats, there's two up there. So Jason turns to me and says, I got seats up front. I go, okay. I'm thinking, you know, well, we're like here. Randy's there. Heidi's here. And like, okay, God. I felt like the, remember at the wedding, you try to push to the front and you get to the back, right? But if you're in the back, he invites you to the front. And I'm like, I feel like God's up to something here. I don't know what this is. And I've been in impartations a lot, right? I've heard the impartation message every time we've traveled, probably 35 times. I don't know. But I love it. It's fresh. Randy, as soon as he started to share, the Holy Spirit just started coming on me. I, I, I was undone. I was just undone. I like, God, I don't, 
like, what's going on right now? And I'm trying to, you know, be cool and, and all that. But I know I'm right there, and I'm sure the mic, I mean, the, they, they got these cameras everywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really great, you know. And as soon as Randy comes off the stage to lay hands on people, he comes to me first. He lays hands on me. And I immediately fall out in the spirit. Randy, he's never done this before that I know of. He came back to me three times for impartation. And then Leif Hetland came over to me and also imparted. Here is the essence of, I've, I've listened to this because I believe it is for us. Um, it's not just me. And then I included, then just before earlier, Mike Thornton, you know how Mike is, right? <laughs> if you know Mike Thornton, he has a dream about me, gets all excited and sends it. So let me just read these to you. Now, again, this may not make a whole lot of sense to some of you, but it certainly made a lot to me because it deals with both the sword and the worship weapons of warfare. Hello? And I had no idea what he meant about bean fields, right? But when Pastor Willie came, Pastor Willie came and joined us up front as well, I said, bean fields? He goes, oh, yeah, that's in Chronicles, and that's in Samuel. I said, really? <laughs> he sure is. Let me share this with you. Quote, you are licensed to carry concealed, but I, the Lord, say you're licensed to carry revealed. You will stand in many bean fields, and I will make the devil pay for what he has done. There will be many for my glory. I have come to redeem what was lost. That was Leif Hetland. He came over to me. It was at the end. I'm like all snockered out. Third time prayed Randy, and I'm like... And he comes over and twizzles my hair and he goes, he says, I have come to redeem what was lost. And he poked me on like, and out again, right? Okay. Here's what Pastor Mike has a dream. This is when he's in South Carolina. Hey, PT, hope you're doing well today. I had a dream about you last night. In the dream, you were dressed as a Marine Corps uniform, and you had all these ribbons and medals on your chest. It would have been something like a four-star general would wear. In the dream, you were given instructions that were very important. I heard the Lord say, this is how heaven sees you. This is how God sees you. You are a four-star general in the spirit that has gone through many wars and battles, but has come out of them all victorious. I'm getting excited. And God was giving you finishing strategies that you were passing on to others. Spiritual warfare tactics that were designed to finish assignments never completed in previous seasons, tying up the loose ends. It was a military-type discipleship that was happening. Be encouraged. Now, I'm telling you what. The confirmation, last night I got an email from a person that doesn't even attend this church, has come to prayer ministry and Parthena and, Past and Miss Addie were my prayer partners. This, this family's been through a mess. Uh, anyway, we came and she texted me last night about the freedom that she personally got in prayer ministry. It was a military strategy that the Lord gave me on this family. And we've been praying for, to go forward in it. But it was the Lord. The Lord set it up. And, you know, only one of those ladies, Parthena and Addie, were supposed to be in my ministry. And it got messed up somehow. The Lord set it up. Both of them were there. So we ministered to the father, we, the husband. We ministered to the wife. And we're going to minister to the family. Because the devil is trying to s destroy this family. And I am just, I, I get overcome by a lot of them. But I said, Lord, I need the strategy on this one. And the Lord set that strategy up. 
These are military strategies that are going to tie up the loose end. The question is, are you in the army? Are you in the battle? Are you back in R&R somewhere? Because there is no R&R. There is none. Yes, there's times of rest, but we rest from the place of warfare. He says, what does he say in Hebrews 4? He says, work hard to enter his rest. What in the world? How? Huh? This is the place where we're gonna, we'll have plenty of time in heaven to rest, okay? So this is the time where really I'm, the Lord is asking, I'm going to finish this. Let me land this thing. The next season, number nine, is not for spiritual wimps. There's no wimps in this one. You're going to get devoured. The devil's coming. He's going to be loosed for a season. He told, they told Daniel in the prophecy, he's going to wear the saints out. He's coming. I don't know why the Lord would do that. He says, he's coming. You look at what's going on right now in Rome. You look at what's going on with the Pope. You look at how the Catholic Church is rising up against what he is about to do. I'm telling you, this next season in 2020, as God is my witness, there is a thing coming. There's going to be an open door of windows where many are going to come into the kingdom, and then this line is going to drop, and the kabod way to God is going to happen. And the remnant who keeps their testimony, the remnant who follows the word of the Lord, you will be in the ark of Jesus. But those who are not, God help you. I'm serious. This is not a time for us to get nice and complacent. Oh, God. No. This is a time to get to know your word, get to know your weapons. Foster your worship. Foster your time of intimacy with God. Learn to hear the voice of God. Get your journals out. Listen to Him. Cultivate that time. I'm already seeing it in different people I've known for years. There's a, there's a special movement of God that is on right now. And it's time. I'm just imploring you. What is going on in the world, what is going on, there's a season right now. The door is open and there's still grace. But it's coming. And it's going to be a time where we're going to have to be prepared. Number 10, you've got to have clean hands and a pure heart. Get rid of all the stuff that is conflicting you. All the idolatry of stuff. The word for today, Haggai 2, is Haggai 1.7 says, Consider your ways. That's our verse for the year as a people. Consider your ways. Those who have clean hands and pure heart. And that's a battle that's a battle that we all face. Every day we've got to take up the cross and follow him. We had this eternal weight of glory discussion at the prayer meeting Wednesday. That's, that should be Corinthians, not 4. 2 Corinthians 4.17, number 11. 2 Corinthians 4.17. 2 Corinthians 4 says, the eternal weight of glory is before us. Let's stand. I'm just going to. Invite the ministry team if you'll come. Worship team, if you'll come. We have a song that the worship team has prepared for this one. It's a song, I believe, of hope. I'm not, I know this is not uh, an easy message, but it's, I believe it's an urgent message that really the, the, the Lord wants us to really consider where we are personally and then take up the battle call. Take up the battle. We're, when I love it when I hear our people walk into a store and we just finished praying against witchcraft and happen to be an assignment to walk in and say, why are you giving out tarot cards? Why don't you read Deuteronomy 20? Deuteronomy. And, of course, they don't necessarily love all that instruction. Your family may not 
embrace your truth. You can do it in love. It's time to really start praying for the nations, our nation. Our, our, we need to pray for our leaders, Congress. Be intentional praying for Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Jerry Nadler, Mr. Schiff, President Trump, his cabinet. Pray for them. Don't curse them. Pray for them. It's hard to embrace some of the things they're doing, but pray for them. So, Lord, we just come and we ask now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you would bring truth. We've shared this a few weeks ago about the, the spirit of truth is here. You want to lead us. You want to guide us. You want to direct us. You want to teach us. You want to counsel us. You want to advocate for us. We just have to be willing vessels. So, Lord, I pray that desire that your people would come into a place. They would ask, where is my stand? Which bean field? I, I didn't share the scripture, but if you go to that scripture, it's the mighty men of David. When the whole army fled, one of the mighty men stood in his bean field, and he backed it up with David, and he and David fought against hundreds. One of the mighty men killed 800 men with one spear and one fight. Another one, 300. Where are the mighty men and women of God that are going to stand in these bean fields that he's given us? God, I ask you to raise them up influentially in the school system, in the hospitals, against Reiki and all this new age garbage. The ones that are at the massage parlors that are imparting witchcraft into people that don't even know what they're doing. Lord, raise up your people in the workplaces. Lord, give them wisdom as to how to speak truth. But I ask you to put your influencers in high places of government, in business, in ministry. I pray for the denominations that are going off the track, that are going to take millions with them. God, I pray for revelation. You can visit them, Lord. But there has to be a remnant that is not ashamed of the gospel, that knows who they are in Christ, that is not ashamed. They're not fearful. We know the truth and we know our God and we know the Lord who is with us. And he said, if you are more than conquerors, you are more than conquerors. And if God be for us, who in the world can be against you? God, I pray now. Ministry team, if you'll come and just, if you need some prayer, if we've touched a nerve in an area that you need to let go of, come. You need more prayer for healing, come. Don't forget, Wednesday night we'll be here with Undercover. May God bless you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace.